Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the How of Car Washing. My guest today is Eric Wolf. Eric is the CEO of the International Car Wash Association. Eric's been the chief executive officer since January 2009, about nine years, and uh, he lives in Chicago where our headquarters are for the International Car Wash Association. And in this episode of the How of Car Washing, uh, being timely, I want to talk about the 2018 Car Wash Show and how uh, you as an attendee can take advantage of what's taking place and how you can get the best out of the Car Wash Show. So Eric, thanks so much for joining me today. I appreciate your time. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, great. So car wash shows uh, this month, you want to give us some kind of highlight details when and where, and um, and then we'll kind of talk about some strategies that we can do both in education and attending the trade show. Yeah, absolutely. So you're right. It's later this month. We're only 16 days out. So the show floor is going to be opening on April 26th. Uh, it's a three-day show. So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we're returning to the Las Vegas Convention Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, great. So uh, it's going to be a big show. I think we've got some uh, some high expectations this year. We've been riding kind of a crest for the last three or four years in terms of increased attendance of the car wash show. And uh, this could be the biggest show ever, do you think? <laughs> I'm not going to pin you down, but... Sure, uh, it seems like it. It feels like being pinned down a little bit. Yeah, no, but yeah, yeah I mean, it's you're exactly right. First of all, the the industry, as we all know, is just it's just going gangbusters. It's an incredible time to be in the industry, and you know, you and I have talked about this before. There are people who are, you know, third generation car washers whose family have been in it forever, who who will swear this is the best time for car washing that they've ever seen. And so, I mean, our sales with the show are certainly being. Uh, boosted by that tailwind. I mean, it's just incredible what's happening uh, with car washing. So you're going to see it at the show. I think we expect that we'll have at least 160,000 square feet of exhibits. I mean, so that means the hall is closer to 300,000 square feet, but the the actual, just the stands alone are 160,000 of that. That'll be right at our biggest show ever. I mean, yeah, we very well could be the biggest ever. Um, that would have been 2006, I believe. So I think we're going to get close to surpassing that. And on attendance, you never know. I mean, we've been going up um, quite significantly the past few years. Our high watermark for the show is about 9,200 people back in, I think that was 05 or 06 again. I would have to look. I better be ready for that statistic. Um our attendance typically comes in, the, the majority of it comes in the last two or so weeks. So it's a little early to be a prognosticator on that. But boy, it sure looks good. And given you know, how last year's show went and how the industry is doing, we're, we're planning for a really big show. Yeah, so it's going to be exciting. So it's going to be as big as the biggest show. So uh, we're going to get close. Whether we break the number or not, it's really going to feel like it's the largest show. So lots of excitement going on. Uh, but but the actual the schedule of events actually starts on Wednesday. So one thing I wanted to like to ask you, I know we've been working on educational sessions over the last three to five years, really to kind of bring world class education to the car wash show. And that's one thing that makes this car wash show unique, I believe, is the level of education and the level of speakers that we bring to this event. Do you want to we, we can walk down the schedule, I guess. Sure relatively quickly, but the, but actually you can attend 
some activities on Wednesday, April 25th, if you decide to. Yeah, and thanks to you, David, because you're participating in that. You're leading um, as a facilitator for our new investor seminar. So the way Wednesday, April 25th looks is we have two... Um, focus audiences that we serve on that day before the trade show opens. And there's a reason for that. And and the first of those groups beginning at one o'clock that day is our emerging leaders. And this is a program we've run now for, this might be the third or fourth year we've done it, where we're trying to recognize those up and comers in the car wash business. So on the retail side, those could be site managers, you know, those could be, um, it could be administrative inside the office people. It could be the folks loading cars. It could be regional managers. Um, and we're trying to recognize them for the hard work that they do, the, the work that they're putting into their job and the success that they're having every day at our car wash locations. And so we have selected some scholarship recipients who we're bringing them to the show that we'll announce um, and recognize at our general session. But this is a special seminar for others that are just in that stage of their career that are you know, maybe they're they're in their first five years, even their first ten years of in, of the car wash business, and we have a reception and seminar for them from one to five on that day. So, all of this information, by the way, that I'm citing is on carwash.org. You can visit it uh, and get a description of that. But if you're somebody who, again, is let's say you're you're new to the business, relatively new, you want to understand more about the car wash industry outside of your site. Um, you know, that that's a, I think a really a unique, great opportunity to learn and also to network with like, you know, peers in the business. Right. And then um, simultaneously, we're going to be having our new investor seminar and a reception immediately following that as well. So that runs from one to five. And and that's for, as you'd guess, right? These are for the folks who are looking to get into the car wash business. Certainly a lot of energy around that right now. And so what we try to do is provide a little bit of a roadmap on everything from, hey, listen, here's what the industry looks like. Here's the different models of car washes there are. Here's what the industry profile is. You know, interestingly enough, we have found over the years that the majority of people that attend that program actually don't end up getting into the business. And at first, we thought that might be a fail, like the program is doing Uh them a disservice. But I think one of the nice things that New Investor Seminar does is, and you'll appreciate this, David, it's still an industry that it's hard for somebody coming in from the outside. It's getting better with internet and information, but it's still hard to make really informed go-to-market decisions and know what the benchmarks are and know what to expect in terms of revenue and expense and construction costs and all those things. And so we, we honestly, we see a lot of people who come to that who, who leave the new investor seminar saying, you know, I think I'm going to either hold off or maybe this isn't perfect for me. Maybe this isn't the right investment. But uh, about a third of them end up doing get, do getting involved in the, uh, in, the, in the car wash business. So it's a really, we think, good and prudent investment for those thinking about laying out a more substantial amount to get into car washing. Yeah, I agree. And if we've talked people out of it that aren't necessarily interested in or it's not right for them, I think that's a tremendous service that we provide them. Uh, And then I should mention too, um, that evening on Wednesday, the 25th, the Automotive Oil Change Association will have their president's reception and their annual membership meeting. So um, as you know, David, the last few years, we've added some partners into the car wash show, one of which is the Western Car Wash Association. So they have programs for their members during 
the show, and the other is the Automotive Oil Change Association. So particularly with AOCA, we've been able to bring in a whole new category of product offerings of interest to lots of car wash owners, um, and they're going to be having their associations meeting that night. Right, right. And, and bringing in those other associations, do you want to speak to that, how that's kind of changed the flavor of our show and the benefits that we've gotten by partnering with these other associations by bringing in into our show. Yeah, I mean, we've always I think thought of the car wash show as the industry show. And and I guess just by size alone, right? That it's much larger than any of the other events that happen in the professional car wash industry. But I think we've really taken that to the next level. It's beyond just the size of it. Um it's also about how are we working collaboratively to advance industry priorities. So, you know, I think one of the great things associations can do is we provide a place where people come together to learn. And one of the great ways we learn in the car wash business is from each other. It's peer to peer. You know, this isn't an industry where you take a online course for a week and now you're an expert on car washing. It's a, it's a hard knocks. It's a learn on the job. It's an always learning vocation. And so, as we looked at the show and looked at ICA's place in the industry, we thought, you know, there are a lot of things that regional associations do substantially better than us when it comes to local networking and their network of thought leaders. And boy, wouldn't it be great if the car wash show wasn't just ICA's show, but it's really the industry show. And so that was sort of the thought, the, 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 the kernel that this began with, and then that's grown to become finding these partners. So at the, the Las Vegas show this month, you'll have WCA and AOCA there. They contribute speakers. They contribute thought leadership. Uh, it grows the community. It brings new ideas onto the show floor. And then this is a little bit beyond Las Vegas, of course, but um, you also know, David, that in Europe, we have association partners in that show, and we recently announced a, a partnership with the Australian Association. So that's now Car Wash Show Australia that will be launching later this year. And and when I say all those, those are those are partnerships, not just a lowercase p. I mean, we really we have uh, we're financial partners in the success of the show, and so I think we have found two sort of behaviorally and culturally when all the associations are pulling in the same direction. You know, we're all invested in the success of the Car Wash Show. It just brings a whole lot of great energy and enthusiasm to the event. Yeah, I would agree. And it gives enthusiasm to AOCA and their partners and their attendees to be able to not only see what oil change operators typically go look at, but also seeing other ancillary products and services that if they've got an oil change and also maybe a car wash, it really expands their opportunity to see what what else can be there. So just that that whole energy of bringing different groups together is exciting and it kind of adds, it adds to everybody. It adds to car wash operators, oil change individuals, regional associations. Yeah, absolutely. So that's good. So, okay, that's, that's a Wednesday. So if you come in early, you've got those opportunities. And then on Thursday, we always start the car wash show day with education. And we've seen um, some dramatic uh, increase in education, interest in education, people attending the educational sessions, um, and that goes from eight o'clock, starts at eight o'clock. So you got to get up relatively early and behave yourself the night before so you can get there. But it goes between eight o'clock and 1130. Do you want to talk about how the educational sessions are developed and then how they're broken out? 
Yeah, and, and again, another differentiator, I think, here for this event versus others, and that doesn't mean um, not not to um, suggest that other events don't have value. I mentioned the regional associations do a tremendous job of that one-on-one learning, and it's a lot of peer-to-peer opportunities. What we try to do is make sure that we both make time for peer-to-peer, but where we think we can really make a difference is making some pretty substantial investments in the kinds of speakers we bring into the show. Um, and so the, what you're going to see in our educational tracks are, yes, you're going to have the participation of industry insiders. You know, you'll have panels that include retail wash operators, and you know, we'll also have panels or presentations from suppliers. But oftentimes, they're going to be paired with someone from outside the industry. And we've really increased, amped up the investment financially and planning wise that we've made in bringing in people who can speak about retail uh, because there's a lot of similarities. You know, of course, we're processing things different than restaurants are, but we are a retail business like lots of others. And so retail, marketing, human resources, I mean, that's the, the, the strategy at this event is going to be to bring the kinds of speakers to our attendees that you're not going to find at any other kind of car wash events in the industry. Right. Right. And then it's broken up. So we do we, we break up educational sessions in different tracks. We do. Yeah, we try to. I mean, you know, there there's more than 70 sessions during the during the event. And so and they're organized both into these mornings that you talked about, David. If you look at the schedule before the trade show floor opens, we have morning education and we have tracks there I'll talk about in a second. But then we also have these things we call quick hits. And we've got more than 20 of those. The quick hits are actually on the trade show floor. We have a theater that we build uh, with some seating, and it's usually standing room only, where we get, you know, consider it um, our version of the TED Talk, right? So it's quick hitting, um, usually pretty interactive, lasts 15, 20 minutes or so. Uh, So, you know, all told, you're talking about 90 different presentations, not including the keynote that we have on Friday morning, but uh, it's a lot. And so... One of the things I'd recommend as you think about planning, I mean, that's a number where I would recommend you not just show up that morning and circle on your brochure what you hope to get to. If you go to go to the website, which is carwash.org, and then you click on the show and click on education, you'll actually see we've built sort of a way you can filter through these. And so we've divided out, for example, on the topics we have people management, which is human resources, call it, customer experience, industry trends, business management, marketing, and then what we call vendor expertise. And what those vendor expertise sessions means is those are uh, content provided by a sponsoring supplier. So know that, right? So that's those are going to be um, – they're not infomercials. They shouldn't be infomercials. They're not a hard sell opportunity. But there's lots of things in the car wash environment, particularly when it comes to equipment, that uh, the expertise in those systems or pieces exist with the manufacturers of them. And so uh, that's what the vendor expertise will reference. Okay, good, good. Yeah, I think those those quick hits are getting a lot of value because they're you know they're they're short. There's some really packed information in there. It's it's a vendor that's giving you expertise, so they're sharing their expertise with you on a particular subject, or you know, or a particular topic, or piece of equipment, or whatever it is. But the nice thing is, you know, dividing this up by topic, by audience, so we can even they're even um, focused on if you're a site manager, your interest might be different than if you're an owner or an operator. Uh, multi-site organizations might have different issues and interests than a single or one uh, person that only owns one or two sites. So um, if you go down, you filter it, you know, the cool thing about the website is you can filter 
the class of say I'm an owner and operator and interested in people management and customer experience. It'll give you all the classes that are out there uh, that you can attend for those and you can pick and choose. But I think that's something you got to plan before you go. Do you agree? It's kind of difficult to wake up at 745, run over there at 815 and try to decide what class to go to. Well, especially when it's eight o'clock in the morning in right, Las Vegas, right. right? So you want to make sure you've, you're uh, you're you're well prepared for these. And and I should say too, in addition to those programs, I'm kind of talking about let's call them the produced education, right? Outside speaker panel discussions. We also do in the program. You'll see roundtables, particularly for our self service audience. Um, you know, those have been really successful over the years. Those have been going on for decades at the show and at other shows. But y- you can also participate in what's at totally unstructured opportunity just to meet peers and just talk over what might be on your mind if you especially if you don't see it on the uh, on the agenda for other topics so agreed agreed so then if you want to then the trade show floor open so we look at on thursday we'll uh we'll have the trade show floor open at 12 o'clock and that's usually a pretty much a madhouse getting everybody in there right yeah well actually on on thursday it's 11 to 6 i'm sorry that's okay. That's okay. It's uh, Thursday. It's 11 to 6. And then it's um, on Friday, a little bit of a tweak. It's 1130 to 530 is the show floor open. There is a one hour in advance. We have a VIP access opportunity. Folks actually can purchase that as an additional cost. All we're doing with that is, I mean, gosh, especially with the number of people we've had the last few years, it, it, you'll appreciate this. It is busy. Right. I mean, it's hard to get conversations sometimes with suppliers, at least to the level of detail that you want at times. Right. So that 1030 to 1130 is, is we have a finite number of those tickets available just to allow people, if they want to have a smaller group, get onto the show floor. If you get some real burning question, you've got to find XYZ person. You get one more hour of trade show time right, there. Right. So if you want to really visit with a specific person, that would be worth Are those um, Are those still available at this point? There are some still available. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you could register or purchase those during the registration process. So, Eric, one of the big challenges we have is getting the, the 9,000 people into the convention hall through registration. So can you kind of give us a, an idea of what we can do to kind of improve that process uh, individually? Yeah, absolutely. So in the convention center, in the hall that we'll be in, we have our main registration area, which folks obviously can go to pick up badges. Ideally, you've... Um, you know, you've registered in advance. Um, you can either pick up or register for the first time there. The other option you do have is if you're, especially if you're staying at the Westgate Hotel, which is where our largest block is for the show, you can pick up your badges there. But on Wednesday, a day before, between 11 and 10, or on Thursday from 7 a.m. to 2, um, th- there'll be lines at the Westgate Hotel for the badge pickup. They have been shorter than the convention center lines, I will tell you, in years past. Although now that I'm saying this, I guess who knows what will happen. But one thing you might want to think about is, first of all, if you're there the day before, stop by on Wednesday and just grab it. It's open until 10. Um, The other option you might have is even if you come in on Thursday morning, you know, if you're already registered, maybe get dropped off if you're if you're staying at the Westgate. Great, but even have your cab drop you off at the Westgate, pick up your badge, and walk over to the convention center might be a better idea. Yeah, yeah, and don't wait till 15 minutes before the education session start before you pick up your badge because you'll be disappointed. There there are lines, and so get it early, um, either the day of, get it as early as you possibly can, or get it the day before. But don't. You know, if you have the expectation you're going to walk up, grab your badge, and be inside in five minutes, that's going to 
make for a disappointing experience. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Okay, perfect. And then um, and then at the end of the trade show session, we have a called a booth crawl. Do you want to explain what a booth crawl is? I think most people know, but... Yeah, and really, it's, um, I guess, at a high level, both on Thursday and Friday, the the trade show hours essentially end with some reception time. So we're going to have some food and beverage. There'll be some bars around the show floor. Uh, many of those are sponsored by suppliers near their booths. And then the Friday version of that is going to be what we call the booth crawl, which is a, a, an opportunity for you if you want. It's almost like a scout about or a, uh, you know, by checking in at different booths. Um, you know, you'll be eligible for some prizes and you'll see bars set up at different exhibitor stands uh, to welcome you. And those are, again, sponsored by our exhibitor community. So give us some ideas. So that's going to happen on both Thursday and Friday. Saturday's a little different. Um, it's a shortened day. So everything kind of wraps up about two o'clock on Saturday. Um, still educational sessions starting at 9 a.m. instead of 8 a.m., and then the uh, the trade show, we got about an hour of educational sessions, and then we open the trade show floor between 10 and 2. Anything different about Saturday that you would want to explain, usually the third day? Well, you know, the, the third day, uh, traditionally, I mean, for every trade show, the third day is usually one of the slower days. Um, one of the nice things, though, is that, again, it does allow for some conversations amongst folks that it's hard to have occur on Thursday and Friday, days ones and days two. Also, typically, Saturday is a valuable day if you're a distributor, if you're a car wash distributor, or, or if you're a supplier looking for distribution. That's typically an important day for those conversations, for those folks to seek each other out and have those talks. Uh, but still on that day, as you referenced, we get educational sessions in the morning, sort of breakout classroom style. and then But then during uh, during the trade show hours, we will have more of the quick hits available too. Um, the seminars in the morning require an all-access pass. The trade show programs called quick hits on the floor though are available to everybody with a trade show pass no additional cost yeah and that's a great point you want to you want to uh talk about the difference you, i think you just did but you want to make sure everybody understands the difference between an all-access pass and just a trade show pass. yeah right so the all-access pass um essentially includes just about everything we offer at the show so you're going to get the education in the mornings you're going to get on friday morning we have our state of the industry and keynote presentation uh, that's sort of that 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 suffices as the association's membership meeting as well. So you're going to hear at that program on Friday morning from ICA President Haji Tarani. Um, unfortunately, you're going to hear my voice again. But then we'll provide an update on the uh, on the association's happenings, sort of a look of the year ahead, and then our keynote address that day is from Howie Long, who's currently a broadcaster, former NFL and Hall of Famer. Um, and then the, the all access will include. The education, I said mornings, trade show, sorry, and the keynote presentation. Okay, and that, that, that's a very important session. And usually uh, light breakfast is served there, so you can come early, get you get your round table, get your seat, get there early because it fills up quite a bit. And then uh, great, great talk, both by the ICA president, Eric, and then such a great keynote address. So it's certainly worth the hour and a half. It's worth going to. I really highly recommend that people go to it. I think the keynote address last year was one of the best ones I've ever heard, Eric. I don't know if you agree with me, but. Well, David, it really depends upon who you ask. <laughs> I guess it was mine. I'll admit it. I don't know if people. Okay. Me, so it was. It, I'm sure, it was, I'm sure the mixed reviews weren't about your <laughs> discreet portion. So anyway, but it's fun. It's, it, it's a great time and Howie Long will be a great person to listen to. And always great to get insight from people uh, that we bring in to do the keynote. So that's, that's, that's a great event. Really recommend people go to it. 
So strategy-wise, how do you recommend people develop a strategy to go through the trade show? It's, it's overwhelming. I mean, when you walk in the door, there are lights, you know, there are lights flashing, there's equipment spinning. Um, it is it is crazy. And, and you can get sensory overload so quickly. But uh, people that successfully navigate the show floor, any recommendations for, for new people or people that want to do it successfully? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a challenge. You're right. Um, you know, I, I, it's funny. I've heard, you know, a variety of different strategies on this, right? It's like sports or something like, do you, do you, do you play up, do you play uh, for singles and doubles? Or are you swinging for the fences? Everyone's yeah, got a different yeah. approach to the game sort of thing. Um, one of the things that I think would make sense would be because maybe to your observation there, it can be a little bit overwhelming. You walk onto the show floor. I mean, it's a, it's like Times Square of car washing. And so, uh, which is fantastic. All sorts of new stuff that you didn't know was available before. But I might recommend that you come into the show jotting down, okay, what are the problems? I mean, I, I might even start there. I need a blank. I need an idea. I need a replacement part. I need a new solution for blank. I might start with your must-have list mm -hmm. and then take and then take a look at that exhibit floor. And we've got the map online. You can sort it by product category or name of company. And I might identify those companies first, especially on the first day. Um, I think people have had some success of almost <laughs> dashing to the back wall and almost working in inverse. You know, so a lot of the times. Um, you know, something that's very important to you. It might be one of the hundred square foot booths toward the back of the hall. I might go there first, knock off the, I've got to get an answer or a solution to X, Y, or Z. And then I might become more of like, let's say the casual mall shopper, you know, where now you're just walking around and you're trying to pick up other stuff, but you've, you've tackled the most important things. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting some ideas. I think the expectation is you're not going to, you know, it's going to take you some hours to get through it. And, and I think, what Eric said, as far as come up with a strategy, like what problems do you have? If you're looking for a particular piece of equipment, mark all the vendors that, that you want to go see that has that particular piece of equipment, make your way back there. I think one expectation people have, and they end up somewhat disappointed is that they're going to get a long lengthy conversation with the people that are working the trade show booth. I, I just think there's so many people now that it's difficult to get all your questions answered um, on the trade show floor. And I guess my strategy would be identify the people, ask the primary questions, but always be willing to talk to them in one or two weeks to follow up with more details, but take a look at it, touch it, feel it. If it's there, um, ask some primary questions, but um, you're not going to get to spend a half hour to an hour with someone because it's so overwhelming and they've got so many people that they need to, to work with. Absolutely. I mean, that hopefully, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why the VIP access was added. That might help a little bit for some folks. And by the way, that's available Friday and Saturday. So it's two extra hours. Those might be the times when, you know, if you have to go and find somebody, let's say like the the owner of a company or, or, or uh, especially of the larger manufacturing firms whose booths are typically very, very busy, that might be a time that you have a shot to get a hold of them. The other thing I might recommend is, um, when you're talking to somebody, time's at a premium and you're not going to be able to have a long, usually a long conversation. I might recommend get your phone out and schedule a follow-up call while you're with them. Because I, I don't know, 
about you, David, but you come back from shows at the end of the day, you get back to your hotel room and you have a stack of business cards and now you're emailing people, what's a good time for a conference call or when can I come visit you or whatever. If you can, just nail them down at the show, even if it's three weeks from now for a 30 minute follow up, uh, it might be a, a, a more effective use of your time. Yeah, I would agree with that. You can't, it's hard to explain what the, what the exhibitors go through to set up. I mean, I, oh, I've been fortunate being on the ICA board and being the president last year, being able to sneak in a day or two early and watch the setup process. And it is unbelievable the amount of energy and resources it takes for a lot of these people to put up what they put up for us to see. So you're going to see full tunnels. If you've never been there before, you're going to see, you're going to see multiple full tunnel layouts and, it takes, how many days does it take to set up? Two two to three days for some people? Well, it's going to be three and some are going to really be staging and preparing four. I mean, if you look at it that way, and honestly, for some of our largest suppliers, well, it doesn't matter the size. It's all about the, you know, it's all contextual. So for many of our suppliers, I mean, you're talking a month or two more out, people are allocating a significant amount of their bandwidth, just their thinking time, if not their planning time, getting ready for the show. Two weeks out, three weeks out, like we are right now. I mean, um, a lot of our folks, this is this is the thing they're almost focused number one on because you're, you know, you're you're managing an operational process, getting your stuff there, getting it set up, making sure it's ready to go, tweaking it, or you know, making sure it's ready to go every single day for three days. That's your operational uh, requirement. Then you've got the sales and marketing part of this. This is a three-day, you know, opportunity to to find new customers and service existing customers and relationships, and then follow up with their questions and get back to them. It is an it is an unbelievable um, level of of uh, of resource required to have these things be successful. So, yeah, they do an incredible job. Our exhibitors, I really think, honestly. The exhibitor game has been raised substantially in recent years. I mean, even visually, the the booths are looking, I think, more contemporary. They're they're helping tell the story about the products. The staff, they're coming into these shows now because with the size of them, you can't afford to not be prepared to know what information you want to get across and be able to follow up with people. So it it, it takes that kind of Herculean effort. Right, right. It's it's just absolutely amazing. So the time they're putting into it. Being on the show floor is exhausting. It's exhausting for the attendee, but it's also exhausting for the exhibitor. And then they've got to pack up. So that's probably another day. Uh, it, does it take more than a day to pack up or? Yeah, you'll have folks. I mean, we'll still have people there, you know, two days out. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it takes a bit of time. That's an awful lot. So that's why you want to try to set up. Now, there, what, what technology do we use for helping exhibitors gather leads? Well, you know, we offer, we make available to exhibitors sort of that you've seen the scan badges, right? So every time you register, one of the reasons why we have a little bit of a, um, I'll be honest, I think it's a bit laborious, the registration process, it, it requires you to answer several questions and put in your address and all this other stuff that takes a few minutes, unfortunately. The reason for that is because that information, if you're scanned, if you let your badge be scanned by an exhibitor, then they have that information about you. They know when they follow up with you, okay, you know, you're David Begin in Colorado Springs, you've got three sites and here's what I know about you. And I can follow up with an intelligent response. Um, so we make those available. I'll be honest, I think it's 
that doesn't mean though that the um, the good old note taking and a good old game plan sort of interpersonally is just as a, is important. You know, just because you scan something, if you don't if you don't make notes in your system or make notes on the back of a business card, worst case, um, you know that that's not a crutch for making sure that the customer gets the information they need. But yeah, we've got that technology. You know, you're seeing more and more people are using LinkedIn right there in front of each other. They're exchanging cards. You know, like um, you know your Apple phone, you just exchange contact cards right there in front of each other. So that whole thing is becoming more and more um, diverse. Yeah, agreed. And and some vendors or exhibitors are better at following up than others. And that's just, you know, reality uh, anyway, <laughs> you know, it's life in general. So if you really want to talk to somebody, I would recommend that you get their name and number, get a contact, get their name and number. Some people, some exhibitors are really good at following up the week after, two weeks after. Some might wait a month or two. I've heard from some exhibitors that follow up six months later. And so if you want to make sure you get a follow-up, make sure you take, be proactive in getting a name, getting a telephone number, and getting a time set up to uh, to, to follow up. Because I think that's where most of the, the interaction is probably going to take place for you to make whatever decision you need to make if you're going to buy something. It probably won't be done on the show floor um, just because it's just, it's, there's too many people. There's a, there's a lot of folks that need to be dealt with. There's a few questions that can be answered, but really look forward to that follow-up, uh, afterwards. I think that's going to make a big, big difference. Yeah. And I would say if I could put a plug in for our exhibitor and supplier community, if you don't mind, is that, um, you know, think about these three days in Las Vegas as if, Every hour for like five hours a day on the weekends, maybe you had 300 cars show up and they want to get washed right away. I mean, it, it, it's right. you, can't, you can't wash them that fast, right? And these guys and ladies are working their tail off to get through the show and then get their stuff back. And then, you know, it's not as if their sales and marketing and production stopped back home. So um, it's a really busy time for the car wash business. And it's a really busy time of the year, given the show. Um, so I would say, you know, especially if you're new to the business, don't be discouraged by that. I mean, some are better than others. And of course, ideally, they all get back to you right away. But don't necessarily be discouraged. Just some context that it's a really busy time of, of the year. It's a great time for the industry. And, um, you know, these folks are going to work their tail off to get you the information you need. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. So, you know, make sure that you're being proactive on yourself. Don't wait for them if it's something you need information on. So that that's things you've got problems. So you did a great job of talking about, I've got a problem, I've got a need, I've got, I've got to go find a solution. How do, wandering the floor, I've, I've found things I didn't realize. It's like going to Costco. I realized I, they always asked me, did you get everything you need? And I thought, well, I got everything I need, plus a lot more stuff I didn't need. And hmm. you, you get that same experience at the car wash show by wandering around and seeing things that you didn't realize might be out there. So um, probably make that your phase two, make that your second day or, or make that what you're going to do next would be wander the floor, look at new things, look at, uh, people that, that have innovations. We are, um, are we still identifying our exhibitors that are, uh, we consider to be innovative or coming out with new products? Well, we do highlight the first time exhibitors. Um, the other thing that you might want to think about, uh, for, especially if you're new, but honestly, this is an idea I've taken from experienced guys. You know, you can only cover so much territory at one time, right? And even if you cover the territory, you can't see everything. Um, I know a lot of folks will take and just put it like an email, sorry, a text chain together of a few different people that says that you can just kind of keep a running chatter going on what are you seeing what's interesting and that way you can aggregate four or five people let's say to say okay i saw in booth x 
this thing really cool then you have your own little running list you can keep to get over there and see it just to help you you know just to help you discover the floor and what's going to feel like a pretty compressed period of time right is there any technology available like wi-fi or anything along those lines to the to- yeah we do have yeah absolutely we've got wi-fi in the hall uh that you know even cellular the connection's really good in the center there so that shouldn't be any kind of a barrier yeah i think las vegas probably has used to having a lot of people in their convention center our show does have special requirements. So what are some of the unique things about our show from infrastructure standpoint that causes us to have it in one place versus some, some other place? Yeah, well, um, you know, the, the, I mentioned the 160,000 square feet of booths and then, you know, let's call it 300,000 all in for the total size of the hall with the aisles, right? And you need to have some, some support uh, areas on the sides of the room, so to speak. Um, you know, that, that by itself makes the show large compared to the entire trade show market. I think we, we're, we're somewhere around the 130th or so usually largest trade show in the U.S. Um, so that in, in one respect, that by itself limits our ability to go anywhere. You know, we've got to have a hall that's big enough. The second thing that we have to be cognizant of is the nature of the, um, the exhibits we have. You know, many of our folks, especially our largest suppliers, they are driving in trucks, you know, semi-tractor trailers onto the floor to unload um, and and heavy forklifts um, to bring in what's needed to set up their booths. That's how they're shipping to the the exhibit hall. Um, So not every exhibit hall can handle the weight of not just the equipment, but the, the freight unloading and loading that happens, you know, on the on the pad of the floor. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is even um, you mentioned electricity um, and CES would use a lot more electricity than we would. But as an example, when we were in the Music City Center in Nashville two years ago, that's a relatively new center, but it had been open for a couple of years. And our show over those three days was the largest had the largest electrical draw of any show that they had had in their facility. So you do have some things like that when it comes to the size, the weight, the electrical needs. Um, we do use some water, not a ton, but we, we, we make that available for folks that want to have water supply. Uh, but when you put all those different ingredients together, you know that does narrow the number of options we have on where to put the show. And then, of course, you're in the, the, the phase of, okay, now, uh, what will they charge us for the space? When is it available? And what's the best, you know, the best solution that we can come to agreement on? Yeah. So there's a lot of moving parts. And I didn't realize this until I was more involved with the ICA that it's not a simple solution that we can, we don't get to pick our dates necessarily. We don't get to pick where we go. We do have some constraints. Uh, availability, it's booking. How far out is the car wash show booking right now? Well, we've got contracts right now through 2024, and uh, and you, and you're right. I mean, we we it is it is a it is a balancing act, and sometimes you you do the best you can. Um, I mean, even a show as large as ours, right? There's only so many places you can go in so many weeks in the year, and I'll never I'll never forget a few years ago, uh, a friend of ours in the industry, you know, he, he pulled me aside to let me know how displeased he was with the fact that we had one of the show days. I forget if it was the beginning or the end fell on Mother's Day, right? Yeah, you know, I, and I had to remind him. I mean, you know, even I have a mother. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I, I I understand I understand it it's not ideal but um, you know having sometimes being there on a Saturday and a Sunday or or finding a way to avoid holidays yeah there is a there is a bit of complexity around picking show venues yeah yeah and a lot of times we don't we don't always have the choice we don't always have the choices we want we have to do what you know we get what we get many times and that's kind of the way it is but um, so how do we rank among exhibits regular trade shows. 
Yeah, so I think I, I, I mentioned, I think we're somewhere in the 130th or so. Every year, there's a, an industry publication puts out the top 200 trade shows in the U.S. And usually we're in that 120s, 130s range, something like that. I'll have to see when they come out for 2018. I mean, we'll be up again this year. Um, so who, who knows where the 18-1 will rank. Uh, the exhibition industry overall is doing quite well. I mean, most businesses right now are doing well. So exhibitions have been floating upward. But yeah, usually we're in that, let's say, 120th, 130th rank um, of all trade shows in the U.S. Yeah, which is a good size, which but you know a lot of people don't realize how you know the car wash industry is still one of those stealth industries that a lot of people haven't found yet. But uh, within itself, you know, it is very much a, a, a big show and it's prevalent and it's it's becoming more and more important to the overall industry and and what it does. Any other advice that you would give people uh, learning to wanting to attend the show? Oh, gosh, you know, the, you, you want the, the comfortable shoes yes. and blister yeah. Band-Aids it's list now? Good, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's good. The, the only other thing I think that comes to mind that I try to be mindful of, but I'm not always perfect at it, is when the show floor closes and you make your way back to your room, if you're heading to dinner like most people do or to meet somebody for a drink, take a couple of minutes just to jot down the conversations you had. Or if there's somebody you have to get an appointment with, jot it down. Or somebody you know you have to see the next day, jot it down before you go out. <laughs> that's Usually there's just so many conversations that happen. I think it's really important just to take a minute to organize your following day. Even 15 minutes can really help. Yeah. Yeah. And it will be physically and mentally exhausting. I think that's one thing I find when I go to the show. So don't don't be afraid to take a break, rest. There are going to be places that you can sit down to take a break if you need to sit in the quick hits sessions. That's kind of a little different, you know, get a little different mind mind shift by listening to somebody else talk. So pace yourself. Don't feel like you've got to do it all in the first day you know, take advantage of all three days, but it, it will be tiring. You're going to be exhausted. The exhibitors are going to be exhausted at the end of the day, at the end of their their time there. So it's, it is both physically and mentally draining. So make sure you pace yourself. That would be the recommendation I would give. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just, if, if we're heading toward the end, I just want to thank everybody who's making the trip out there. And if you're thinking about it, we'd love to have you. I think we, we talk about how great the industry is doing, but there's a corollary there, which is the industry is getting more competitive. I mean, it's getting a lot more competitive. And, um, you know, I think that the car wash show is one of those things you can do that isn't, this is no longer just a fun trip you can go to with uh, family and friends and just relax and sit by the pool if there ever was a day like that entirely. But, you know, nowadays you got to come in with a game plan and you got to be coming out of that show ready to apply some things you learned or, you know, try to experiment with new products and services because, you know, this business is blowing up, which only means that we're getting better and better operators out there on the street. Agreed. Yeah. So this is becoming part of people's competitive, you know, strategy to what can I learn? What can I do better? You know, if you want to stay in this business, you're going to have to get better at what you're doing. You have to going to continually innovate too. You can't rest. Even if you're being successful, you can't rest on that. You've got to be thinking about what's coming up and what's next. And that's the great thing about it, the trade show. So Eric, thank you so much today. I appreciate your time. Thank you, David. I love these podcasts. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, well, thanks. We'll look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. All right. Okay, thanks. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.